Thank you, Courtney and Jill, Pat, Brett, Tim. Thanks so much. I thank you guys for adding to our worship service. I don't thank whoever it was that set the clock ahead, so it's time to leave. Uh, they, it's, it's not an hour behind. They just reset it uh, 30 minutes ahead, so let's all stand and be dismissed. So I don't know if this is a joke or what, but I get the hint. So I think that's funny. It ain't going to work, but I think that's funny. So, Well, good morning to you. And may you have a blessed Thanksgiving, and I pray that you enjoy family and friends, but most of all, you remember to, to thank our Heavenly Father who loves us and who has blessed us beyond measure with His great love, with His mercy, with His kindness, with His grace, and the salvation that we enjoy in Christ. What blessed people we are. Amen. We, we are so blessed. The National Day of Thanksgiving was established in 1863 by Abraham Lincoln. Then the Civil War broke out, and so it didn't pick up a lot of popularity. People were observing Thanksgiving ever since the Pilgrims, but in 1863, Abraham Lincoln made it a national holiday, but it was not until 1941 when uh, Congress literally declared it to be a national holiday. Uh, along with Christmas, along with uh, New Year's Day, and a couple of other national holidays. And I am thankful this morning for Thanksgiving. I am thankful that I live in a nation that recognizes its need to be thankful. And so they, they recognized it with its own national holiday, recognizing that we have been blessed. Um, people need to be thankful. People need to understand where those blessings come from. Matter of fact, we are instructed to be thankful in all things and for all things. First Thessalonians 5.18 tells us that we are to be thankful in everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Ephesians 5.20 tells us to be thankful for all things. Right? Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father uh, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Even in these trying times, even in these very difficult, uncertain times, we are instructed to be thankful in all things and for all things. Without exception, without exception, we as the children of God, we as the redeemed are told by our Heavenly Father that we are to be thankful. And we should all want to be thankful. We should all want to be demonstrators of that thankfulness. As a matter of fact, we should all want to have an impact on our world, on our family, on our friends. And I can't think of a better way to have an impact on those people than to be thankful and to be joyous. In today's worldly, uh, world climate, 
for you to go around being thankful, for you to go around and, being, and be joyous, people are going to say, what's the matter with you? What's wrong with you? What's going on with you? And you know what you can tell them? I have God in my life. He loves me. I belong to Him. He belongs to me. I have so much to be thankful for. What? Are you kidding me? Didn't you watch the news? Hey, that doesn't matter. I am so blessed. I am so thankful. If we want to have an impact, God's Word tells us how to do that. We were to have an attitude of gratitude. I like that. I don't know who ever came up with that little phrase, but I like that. An attitude of gratitude. People are going to notice. You want to have a startling impact. Just be thankful. Be joyous in all things and for all things. See, Here's the, here's the catch, not the catch, but here, here's the deal about this. Here's the key. Joy is not based on being happy. Joy is not about our conditions. It's not about our comfort. It's not about our circumstances, right? And let me tell you something else, and you may find this hard to believe, and we've all heard people say, well, really, all I want you to be is happy. That's not what matters. You know, I, I, I don't want my, my children and grandchildren just to be happy because I know what things could make them happy temporarily. And those things aren't good for them. But joy, see, it didn't come from our circumstances. It comes from knowing God, knowing that we are secure in Him, knowing that He is in charge, that He is our God, that He loves us. He directs our paths. We belong to Him. That's what brings joy. Not, what the, what, not what's going on in the world. You know, there are things that are going on in the world, the things that the world offers that could give you happiness, but not joy. Joy comes from God. And God tells us, regardless of what's going on, going on in our lives, to give thanks in all things and for all things. Look at Psalm 107. Psalm 107. Man, I love these scriptures. Psalm 107. I mean, I love all the scriptures. But I, the, with Thanksgiving and all that we have, have to be thankful for, they just fit. Psalm 107, verse 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. Amen? For His mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Look at verse 8. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Verse 9. For He satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. See, that's almost the definition of joy, not happiness. It is God that fills that longing soul. Only He can fill that, that void that an individual has in their life. Not circumstances, 
not fame, not riches. He is the one that feels that longing in their soul. And he fills the hungry soul with goodness. Look at Psalm 26. Psalm 26, verse 7. That I may publish or make known, that I may make known with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. See, that's our job. As those who have been bought with such a great price, those who have been redeemed, that needs to be our prayer. That I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving, not griping, not complaining, not irritability, but with thanksgiving, all that God has done on our behalf. There are so many in, in the Psalms. I just love to read through the Psalms just for the thanksgiving Psalms. Look at Psalm 95, 1 through 6. Psalm 95, 1 through 6. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto Him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In His hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is also His. The sea is His, and He made it, and His hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. See, the Scripture tells us how we are to relate to God in our worship. And the whole key to that is being thankful. How many of you this morning woke up being thankful that you could get up early and come to church and sit on hard pews? Good. Robin raised her hand. I did. I'm glad that I can come and fellowship because it's not the circumstances. It's the joy of the Lord. It's what God does to us that causes us, causes us to be grateful for all that He has done. And God's Word tells us what His will is. We talked about that just a second ago. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 What is God's will for your life? In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. People are always saying, I just wish I knew God's will for my life. Start with this scripture. Start with this. Just be thankful in all things. And watch how God leads and directs and guides in all of those decisions. Even, get this, even in difficult times, in trying times, even when your heart isn't in it. Do this. Be thankful. Lord, I don't understand what's going on in my life. I don't understand why there's things that, that I, I just can't explain. And Lord, I'm not happy, but I'm going to thank you in this. And you know what that tells God? And it tells your family and friends and all these others that you, you, you talk to and you come in contact with. It tells them, and it, it tells God, Lord, I believe your word. I believe 828. I believe that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to his purpose. 
Not just the things that go well for you. Not just the things that, that make you happy. And it, all things work together for good. So when you are pr- praising God and when you're thanking Him for all things, you are just blaring out, Lord, I believe Your Word. I know, I know I'm not... A, these things that are going on trouble me. They cause me stress. They cause me anxiety. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but God, I know you hold tomorrow, so I'm going to be thankful for all those things. Even in the difficult times, you're saying, Lord, you're in control. As a matter of fact, in the midst of the storm, when the seas are the roughest, That proves the anchor holds. Does that make sense? Regardless of how rough the seas are, and things are boiling around you, and it is frightening, but that anchor holds, it does not turn loose of you. That proves that God's in charge, and you can be thankful for that. And I'm going to tell you something. In my life, in my ministry... The greatest victories have come after some of the darkest times and the most difficult times. It is in the valleys that I have seen the hand of God work and work in a mighty, mighty way. That that happens. It happens. But to be thankful for all things and in all things. Ephesians 5.20 tells us to be thankful for all things. And I said that to one, one person one time, and they said, no, 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 in all things. There's a big difference. You can't be thankful for all things. And I said, well, what? Ephesians 5.20 tells us to be thankful for all things. Now, that's not saying all things are good. Of course, we don't thank, we don't thank God for evil. And let me give you a, a, a key to that scripture. Because they started pointing out, well, you're going to thank God for this hurricane. You're going to thank God for this tornado. You're going to thank... Now, we don't thank God for for those things on on a, a large scale. But you know what? If you're in the midst of that tornado, and that tornado hits your house, the key to it is you take that scripture personally. You thank God for all things. Let me give you a perfect example of that. Years ago, years ago, one of the sweetest, kindest, kindest, most godly women you'll ever meet found out she had Parkinson's. Ada Billings, uh, Bill's, Bill's wife. Bill's not here today, so I'll, you're not here today, are you, Bill? No, he's not here. Found out she had Parkinson's, and it came on her pretty rapidly. How many of you remember Ada? I don't, yeah, so she's just a sweet, sweet lady. Love God's word. I will never forget that. See, so I wouldn't say, Lord, when I found out about it, it wasn't my place to bow my head and say, Lord, I thank you for Ada's Parkinson's. That's not what that scripture's talking about. But you know who did bow their head and say, Lord, I thank you? Ada. I know that because she called me one day and she said, Pastor, oh, Rick. God has given me a scripture. I had to call you and share this with you. She called and she said, get your Bible. Read. 
Psalm 119, 71. And by this time, the Parkinson was already starting to affect her voice. And she couldn't, you couldn't quite understand. It got really bad where you couldn't understand anything she was saying. But she would still come. She had still come. She called me and she said, God gave me Psalm 119.71. It is a good, it is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. See, that is what I'm talking about. When we to praise God for all things. I'm not sure I'd praise God for a diagnosis of Parkinson. But that's what it's talking about. It's not always easy. But boy, are we to make it personal in those private things. And a lost world may not understand that. But I'll tell you this. It'll sure help you deal with it and cope with it. And it gives God the glory. And isn't that what we really want to do? Is give God the glory. Let me share with you another story. And I've shared this, I don't know how many Thanksgivings. And I'm going to share it again. And if you've already heard it, then you can nap for a few minutes. But it really is a good story. And I don't mind hearing this story over and over and over again. It's the true story of Squanto. How many of you ever heard of Squanto? Squanto was the Indian that the pilgrims met when they got to Plymouth Rock. And they had such a tough winter that it was Squanto that came and basically rescued them. Governor William Bradford said that Squanto was an, an instrument sent of God for their good beyond their expectation. It was Squanto that came to their rescue when they were dying, when they didn't know what they were going to eat. Remember, the storm blew them off course, and so they ended up in cold Massachusetts rather than nice, balmy Virginia. The storm blew them off course, and so they were there. But so was Squanto. So was Squanto. Talk about God's sovereignty. But have you ever heard the story of Squanto? You're talking about praising God in all things and for all things. And Squanto was the one that invited Chief uh, Massasoit and many other Indians to come and, and celebrate that first Thanksgiving. The fact that they had survived that year was a major, major accomplishment. And it was all because of Squanto. But you talk about all things work together for good. Paul Harvey was here, he'd say, now you know the rest of the story, or you will in a second. When Squanto was 12 years old, 12 years old, he was captured by English slave traders. He was hauled off to England, where he was sold into slavery. Now he learned English, he learned English there, learned to speak English, He was treated kindly by the people who bought him. And he was eventually, years and years later, he was allowed to return to America and to his family. He was home as a translator. A, a, a translator. He learned English. He was home for a short time when 
he was captured again by slave traders, taken to England, then to Spain. He was purchased by a group of monks that, because by this time he was very sick, and who introduced him to Jesus Christ, who nursed him back to health. I guarantee you, if I'm captured and made a slave the first time, it's going to be hard for me to thank God in that. And the reason he was captured is because the ship came to port, came in, and he went to, as they rowed to the shore, he went down to say, hey, how are you? And they were going to trade some, they thought they were trading with him, and Squanto and several other Indians were recaptured, they were slave traders, and whisked off to England again, and then ended up in Spain. For a second time, he made his way back to America. There he learned about Christ. And he wondered what had transpired. The story I was reading just this week about this went into a little bit more detail about he was anxious about getting home. He couldn't wait to get home. He couldn't wait to see his family because years had gone by. When Squanto got back home, he found out that the entire tribe that he was from had been wiped out by smallpox. So had he been here, what would have happened? He would have died of smallpox. So he had got sent to England and he learned English. He got sent back to Europe and he came to know about the Lord Jesus. And while he was gone, his family and the tribe, they were wiped out by smallpox. And then it just so happens that the pilgrims had this, in their dire need, had this English-speaking Christian Indian walk into their camp and say, how can I help you? Now, folks, that's a true story. But that is an absolute reason to be thankful in all things and for all things because I guarantee no slavery was evil and it was wrong. You don't wish that on anybody. But at the same time, it shows you how God can take any circumstance, any situation, and use it for His glory because He's God. He can do that. The pilgrims probably would have been wiped out. They probably would have been destroyed. Very few of them would have lived through that another winter. Squanto taught the kids how to catch eels. Why anybody wants to eat an eel? I don't know. I've eaten eel. My grandmother was a, she could cook anything, including eels. But Squanto taught them how to cook eels. Uh, I, maybe you're going to have turkey and not eels. I understand that for Thanksgiving. <laughs> and we're the same way. But see, God knows the beginning from the end. And that's why it's his, those that belong to him, that's why we can thank him 
in all things and for all things for His glory. Yeah, the circumstances might be bad, but God can take those things and use them for His glory. Let me give you another story. There was a guy by the name of Joseph. Remember Joseph? Joseph was one of Jacob's 12 sons. And Joseph was the son that Jacob just loved. He loved him so much he gave him a coat of many colors. And the other brothers were jealous. And then to top it all off, Joseph had the audacity to tell Jacob and his brothers, you're going to really bow down to me. I had a dream. And this dream shows that you're going to bow down to me. And they flipped out. That's, that's not happening. So what, what did his brothers do to him when he went to visit them out in the, out in the fields? What happened? First of all, they threw him in a pit. Now, how, how do you thank God when you find yourself at the bottom of a pit? Thankful that it was dry and not, well, it, it could have water as long as it didn't have snakes. That, that would have been my greatest fear. I can tread water for a while, but I had a snake, I'd have, I'd have, done, I'd have gotten out of the pit if it had snakes. Uh, but here, Joseph went out there, and they caught him up, and they threw him in the pit. And they were contemplating killing him, and one of the brothers said, no, let's don't kill him, let's don't kill him, uh, but let's take his coat, let's kill this sheep over here, let's kill the sheep, and let's take his... Uh, code and we'll get it all bloody and we'll uh, we'll tell the, his father that some wild beast got him and let's sell him into slavery. At that time, here comes a caravan, you know, going into Egypt and let's sell him into slavery. We can make some few bucks off of this. So they sell him into slavery. So he goes from the pit to Potiphar's house. Potiphar was a a, a captain. He, he was a leader in Egypt. He was an officer in Egypt. And he goes into Potiphar's house as a slave. And we know the story how Potiphar's wife thought he was cute and made advances. And Joseph said, no, 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 which was good for Joseph. But the wife grabbed and tore uh, his coat uh, and showed it to Potiphar, made accusations. And next thing you know, he goes from the pit to Potiphar's house, to prison. How do you thank God for that? How do you thank God for that? He's in prison. But see, it's in prison that he's close to Pharaoh. He's going to go from prison to Pharaoh's court because it's there in prison that Joseph is going to interpret another prisoner's dream and Pharaoh's going to hear about him interpreting the dreams because Pharaoh's going to have a dream. And there's no doubt in my mind that God sent that dream to Pharaoh. And that dream was about the coming famine. And it troubled Pharaoh, and he thought, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I don't understand this dream. What do I need to know about this? And he heard that this guy that had gone from uh, the pit, to Potiphar's house, to prison, now... Pharaoh, they all start with peace, calls him and says, I need to talk to this guy. And so sure enough, uh, Joseph interprets Pharaoh's dreams. Now, it wasn't good that he found himself in the pit. But you know, it was in the pit. He could still thank God. 
It was in Potiphar's house he could still thank God. In Pharaoh's court, he, he was made like a father to Pharaoh. After he interpreted the dream, this Pharaoh gave him riches and honor. Look what he says about that. Turn to Genesis 45. See, this, when, you think, when you think you can't praise God, when you think you can no longer be thankful, Look at Genesis 45, starting with verse 5. Now, therefore, be not grieved. He's talking to his brothers. He's divulging to them exactly who he is. Now, therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves. He's a better man than me. I, I might have wanted them to be a little angry with themselves for throwing me into a pit. Thankful they didn't kill me. But be not angry with yourselves that you sold me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve life. What Joseph is saying here is God had a hand in it, and regardless of what you're dealing with, God can take it and use it for good. Look at verse 6. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in which there shall neither be earing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God, Elohim, the all-creator, the all-powerful creator, the name that God gives himself when he's working and acting in a mighty, mighty way. As creator, he was creating in the saving of Jacob and the nation of Israel. Look at Genesis 50. Look at Genesis 50. See, this is what I'm talking about when we're going through difficult times. We are to thank him in all things and for all things. First of all, it's the will of God. But this needs to be our attitude. Isaiah 50, verse 20. Again, he's talking to the sons of Jacob. But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. See, never question what you're going through. Trust God that He's going to be glorified, that He's going to use that as a way to glorify Himself and to show to you, Lord you're in charge. You're in control. I belong to you. I, you know, and I admit, it's hard to practice what I preach. I'm going to be honest with you. My immediate reaction, maybe to get mad, then kind of get your feelings hurt, you get insulted. You, know, you go through all those emotions. 
oh, they just don't understand, or why did they do this to me, or what, whatever. But regardless of what we're going through, even the severity of it, we can trust God through all of it because we belong to Him. See, I think that's what thanksgiving is all about, is being thankful for how God has blessed our lives, but thankful, thankful that He's in charge of our lives. And we can trust Him with our lives. Uh, Job 13. Look at Job 13. I, I love this scripture. Because see, this is the attitude that I encourage you all to have. Look at Job 13. And boy, nobody had been... had the rug jerked out from under them more so than Job. Boy, was Job suffered. What was Job's response? Oh, people, this is what I want my response to be. Job 13, 15. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Though he slay me, yet will I always trust in him. I will maintain my ways before him. I'm not going to go a different direction. I'm not going to deny him. I belong to him. Though he slay me, yet I will trust in him. Praise God in the midst of the storm, regardless of what's going on in your life. Lord, I... And, and try it. Try this. Try to give thanks. And, and basically, I can save you a lot of time. If you're going through a difficult situation and you come to me for counseling... Let me tell you what I'm going to tell you. Number one, I'm going to tell you, trust God. And regardless of what it is you're going through, I'm going to say, have you thanked God for this? And how He's going to use it? Have you thanked God for it? Have you thanked God in this? That's what I'm going to tell you. So, see how much time I saved you? Just do that and be thankful for it. I will never, you know, I, I, I'm not going to even go into Circle J Ranch. I've, I've done that so many times and, and the dream that Faye and I had, how that got jerked out from under us. But I'm going to tell you, the victory there was when we learned to thank God in that and for that. Those guys meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And I learned such a valuable lesson. You know, it's the same with Neil and Diana in going up to uh, up north Missouri with that camp there. Their dreams, their hopes, their plans, their vision. I mean, the whole, the whole attitude was, here I am, Lord, send me. And then to see that dream, just that bubble just poof. It's painful. It's painful. But do you know how you get through that? Is you say, Lord, you're in charge. And I am thankful for bringing that to a close. Don and, and Valerie Hosfeld, you know, they left our church. Somebody gave us a building up in Quincy, Illinois. A beautiful church. I wish they had their parking lot. I was so not supposed to envy. But boy, they had a nice parking lot. 
And that came to a screeching halt. And the pain and, and, and the, you feel like a failure. You feel like I, I just I couldn't do it. The victory comes when you learn to be thankful. Lord, I don't know what's going on here, but I belong to you, and you're going to open doors. You're going to show us the direction you'd have us to go. See, that's where the victory comes. And Don and Valerie have a vibrant, wonderful ministry going on down in Florida. Now we can be a little envious of them in January and February when we're here. But see, God has a plan. God has a purpose. We can trust Him in that plan and purpose. I mean, if, there's that song, If ever there were dreams that were lofty and noble, they were my dreams at the start. You've heard the Gaithers sing that song. And the hope for life's best were the hopes that I harbored down deep in my heart. But my dreams turned to ashes. My castles all crumbled. My fortune, it turned to loss. So I wrapped them all up in the rags of my life and I laid them at the cross. And he did something beautiful. Something good. And I can't think of the rest of the words. But that's okay. Tim's going to play it. And I want you to know this. That as he plays this song, Danny Gaither sings it. Danny Gaither, as he's singing this song, only has a little time left to live because he has brain cancer. You're wondering why all these people are crying that are there on this video. It's because he is singing this song in the midst of the worst possible diagnosis an individual can get is you have a brain tumor. And he sings this song. You know how he can sing this song? It's because he belongs to God. And God sits on his throne. We can trust God. Not only can we trust Him, we can thank Him in all things. So make this Thanksgiving so special. It's not just because of all the food on your table and not just because of all the people you're surrounded by, although, yeah, you're thankful for those things. But be thankful that you belong to God. And I hope this morning you do. And if you don't, you can by trusting Him.